0: Thank you.
1: Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Harvest Thanksgiving at Hillhead. Welcome from wherever we are this morning. Our service will be led by Katrina, but we'll also hear the voices of Mary and Ian, Elham and Katrina H. Our musicians this morning are Paul and Yang Yang. And in a moment or two, Benjamin and Bardia and their family will be lighting our candle as you know today we would normally be bringing along our envelopes with our donations for Operation Agri but instead as we did last year Katrina has set up a just giving page where we can make our donations and um, the page will remain open until the end of this month but I see it already a few of us have got in early and we've already raised about 400 pounds if you're looking for the link to that just giving page it's at the foot of today's order of service It's in the October key, and it's also in the email you got yesterday. Then tonight at 7pm, our Zoom evening service will be a reflection for Autumn, and I'll be leading that service. Now I'm giving rolling notice of a church meeting to make a decision about our church building. I'm sorry I can't confirm an exact date yet, as we're still waiting for some information but hopefully it will be in the next fortnight. So please just accept this as formal notice of a church meeting in the near future. But now it's over to Benjamin and Bardia to light our candle.
0: As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ.
2: Christ is a light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ like this day
3: Opening prayers this morning come from an anthology of prayers called the Book of a Thousand Prayers. I won't be reading all of them, but I will be using a couple of them, and then Mary and Ian will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let's come to God in prayer as we pray together. Creator God, we worship you. In the beginning, you said, Let there be light and the light shone, piercing the darkness. You have made the vast universe, and amidst its movements and glories, your spirit is at work. Scattering stars and moulding hills, you have made a world full of beauty. You have made humankind in your own image, stewards of the earth, Partners in creation. We are here because of you. That we exist is your doing. You are our God. Our parent. Giving us life. Lavishing gifts upon your children. The distances of space praise you. The depths of our being acknowledge your creating power. Creator God, we praise you. God of justice and plenty, whose generous earth was created for its own particular beauty, for the nourishments of its people, and to sing of your glory. We confess that through our sinfulness, we have harvested injustice and pollution and not your abundance. The land has become strange to us, and our songs of celebration have turned harsh. We turn to you, O God. We renounce evil. We seek your forgiveness, and we choose to be made whole, that we may live and work to the glory of your name. Amen.
4: Our
0: Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy
5: kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
3: As is our usual practice here at Hillhead, we are supporting Operation Agri, and they have a big birthday this year. I'm conscious we've had a few big birthdays as a congregation this year. Well, Operation Agri have a big birthday. They are 60 years old this year, and they have um, created a video to celebrate and give thanks to God for that, and that is where we're going to start this morning. Just a warning that when I tested this, people were getting a black strip across part of the screen. So I have changed the settings slightly in the hope that that won't now happen. So happy birthday, Operation Agri.
6: Operation Agri gives thanks for 60 years of serving Christ, helping some of the neediest people in the world. The agricultural missionaries of the Baptist Missionary Society needed equipment and improved livestock to carry out their work. In 1961, the Baptist Men's Movement adopted Operation Agri to provide this support.
4: Funds were raised to buy what was needed. Equipment went by sea, such as machinery to India. But day-old chicks went by air freight, or more likely three-day-old chicks by the time they arrived at a remote destination in Congo. Land Rovers were perhaps the costliest item sent, like this one to East Pakistan, now Bangladesh. Cultivators, spare parts, technical books, etc. were also sent out.
6: This trailer of equipment, packed by volunteers, was shipped to Congo However, these days, Operation Agri usually sends funds, as most things can now be purchased locally. Before long, letters back to Britain spoke of increased yields of crops and improved animals. A former missionary in Congo told of being offered missionary eggs larger than those from the local hens.
4: Supporters in UK, called Farming Partners, were kept informed by the magazine which had edited extracts from the missionaries' letters and reports. Joint posters and leaflets showed the close cooperation with the BMS. Churches began to raise funds for Operation Agri at harvest festivals and for many years there was a joint harvest appeal with the funds raised split between the BMS and Operation Agri.
6: Gradually, the work supported by Operation Agri broadened from purely farming to water supplies. This massive irrigation scheme in India has had long-lasting benefits for the community. Missionaries asked for support for community health, preschools for disadvantaged children and income generation for women. OA's objective has always been sustainable improvement in people's lives. In Brazil, OA provided beekeeping equipment and helped to build a honey house to process and bottle the locally produced honey.
4: Requests then started to come in from other countries like Sri Lanka and Thailand, led by mission workers or national Christian partners, showing Christian love in action. In Nicaragua, whole communities benefit from rural health clinics and in Nepal, from
6: clean water and deep pit toilets. Renewable energy in Afghanistan was an exciting project, helping to build hydroelectric power plants in remote villages. Planting trees to shade crops and provide fruit is an important focus in Tanzania, Sri Lanka and other projects, and trees can, of course, help combat climate change.
4: The Nepal Baptist community teams are long-standing partners of OA and BMS. Working in remote, neglected areas for three or four years, they assess needs, build trust, and improve livelihoods. They help with agriculture, women's savings groups, health education, and children's preschools, ensuring everyone in the community knows that Christians respect and care for them.
6: Agriculture continues to be a major focus for Operation Agri, especially the conservation farming being encouraged in many African projects. Operation Agri is keen to meet the challenges of the years ahead, continuing to bring lasting change to struggling communities, showing Christian love in action.
3: So we're going to join our voices in singing a hymn that was written especially for Operation Agri. So it wouldn't be a harvest service without a quiz based on the one sent to us by Operation Agri. And it wouldn't be a hillhead if I hadn't redone part of that quiz because I thought some of the questions were a little bit naff. But hey, ho. so um, I'm going to show you some slides with some questions on. And if you know the answers or think you know the answers, do feel free to unmute yourself and call them out. It's going to be very boring if I just show them to you and everybody is completely silent. So question first. Um, You might need to just hide um, thumbnails possibly to see everything. So we have three flags here. And which of these flags is the national flag of Uganda? The first one. The first one, that's right, the one on the left, the one with the crane in the middle. And Does anybody know which the other two are? That's correct. Thank you, Talash. (laughs) I'm really grateful for you for those. That's absolutely right. So three flags. Okay. Now we have a map of Uganda, and I have drawn three lines across it. One just below, one a little way up, and one about two thirds of the way up. And I would like you to tell me where you think, which one of you think these you think is the equator? Doesn't matter if you get it wrong, it's just a bit of fun. The top one. Okay, got one vote for the top one. Anybody think anything else? Thanks, Katrina. The second one. The middle one. Okay, thank you, Talash.
6: Yeah, middle one.
3: Middle one from Janet and Roger. Let's have a look, shall we? Yeah, it's the middle one. It actually um, goes across just rough, just slightly south of Entabi and Port Bell. Um, So that's where the equator is. So if you live in Uganda, you might live in the north or the south hemisphere. And I'm told there is that place where you can see the water go straight down the plug hole, neither going clockwise or anti clockwise. So obviously, lots of interesting things about Uganda. Okay. A lot of languages are spoken in Uganda, and all the languages listed here are spoke spoken there. But which of them, which two, which pair are official languages? So, is it English and Luganda, English and Lango, English and Bantu, or English and Swahili? I'm sure Will or Talash can tell us that one because they both speak this language, the second language. So it's English and Swahili, which are the the two official languages. But there are a number of local languages and lots of dialects as well that are spoken. There are motorbike taxis in Uganda, but what are they called? Are they called a tuk-tuk, a boda boda or a moto-moto, or moto-moto? not quite sure how you're supposed to pronounce these things. Anybody want to have a guess or does anybody know? Boda, boda. It is a boda boda. Thank you, Talash. Looks quite scary. Ha- I'm not quite sure how many people are on that bike. But yeah, so now if you ever want to get a motorbike taxi in Uganda, you know what to get. OK, one for the sports lovers here. With which sports do you associate these Ugandans? And my apologies, I will probably mispronounce the surnames here. Joel Olwenyi, Lawrence Sematimba. And Brian Masaba, are they athletes, are they footballers, or are they cricketers? You can have a guess because you've got a one in three chance of getting it right. Nobody? Okay, well, they are cricketers. And I did a little bit of research, and the Ugandan cricket team seems to hover between Division 2 and Division 3 of the World Cricket leagues Um, and and they recently beat Denmark I didn't even know that Denmark had a cricket team either Um, but they have a a a cricket team and Brian Masaba is currently the captain I believe although for what I know about cricket um, wouldn't fill the back of a postage stamp so a bit of fun thinking about Uganda but let's also hear a bit more from Operation Agri about the work they're doing in Uganda and their appeal this year
5: I did not have much on my
7: farm, not enough food, not enough money. Even buying salt was a problem. On the radio, I heard Pastor Shayalimpa Paul speaking. He gave his phone number, I called him and requested to join the SAFI project. When SAFI began here, we started with training. Uh, The Small Scale Farmers and SAF stands for Sustainable uh, Agriculture Farming Initiative. Small scale farmers were very, very poor because their production was very low.
5: Before we joined SAFI, as you can see, it is sloping down. There was runoff of water. It was being washed away. We were cultivating, working hard, digging and planting crops. But because the soils were poor, we had very poor yields, and this was very stressing. But with time, a friend of ours introduced the SAFI
7: program. And we've been training these community farmer trainers in each phase for two years. We are in the fourth phase. The project is doing well. Helped the farmers to increase production and income. <laughs> The training I had from Paul Shalimba became a very big blessing to me. Now at last, I have learned how to farm. As a bonus, we were given donkeys, which is a great help for carrying water. I planted tomatoes, cabbage and eggplant and Safi gave bananas to plant. They grow really well.
5: As a requirement of the program, we are supposed to have an animal to give us manure. So for us we decided to have rabbits. It has been very, very good. So we hang The food, we don't put it down because when you put it down, they will urinate on it, they will not eat it, it will be wasted. This also helps them exercise. The animals depend on the plants and the plants depend on animals. We learned how to make compost manure, manure from the rabbits. I
7: trained with Safi for two years. This support was free without having to pay
5: fees. When
7: I started with the project, they gave me a goat. The goat had kids and I sold some of them to pay for my children's school fees. Now we have plenty to eat and to sell at the market. Every day I have money coming in to support my children.
5: Because of the knowledge that we have learned from SAFI, you will find many crops. Operation Agri has supported SAFI and SAFI has trained us to be what we are now, long live SAFI.
7: I thank God for the SAFI project, for the knowledge it gave me.
0: Now I have enough to eat.
7: On my land, I grow food, I have coffee beans and many other things. So I thank Operation Agri for the support it has given me through Safi. <laughs>
3: Now we listen for God in scripture. Isaiah chapter 61, 8 to 11. The Lord says, I have justice and I hate operation and crime. I will faithfully reward my people and make an eternal covenant with them. They will be famous among the nations. Everyone who sees them will be known that they are a people born and I have blessed. Jerusalem rejoices because of what the Lord has done. She's like a bride dressed for her wedding. God has clothed her with salvation and victory. As surely as seeds sprout and grow, the, the sovereign Lord will save his people and all the nation will prize him.
2: Our second reading is from Acts 11, um, 19 to 30. Now those who were scattered because of persecution traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for an entire year they associated with the church and taught a great many people, and it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. At that time, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus who stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine over all the world, and this took place during the reign of Claudius. The disciples determined that according to their ability, each would send relief to the believers living in Judea. This they did, sending it to the elders by Barnabas and Saul.
3: When I was waiting this morning, watching the little screens light up, it gave me a great thrill. You would think, wouldn't you, after 18 months of looking at each other on a screen, it would have become just one of those things we have to do. But every Sunday, it just gives me that little frisson of excitement as the little boxes appear. And I wonder who's going to come in when. And I get these glimpses into your homes and into your lives. And sometimes I see your pets. Sometimes I see children. Sometimes I see visitors and it is a great joy to be able to do so. This is part of perhaps what Christian love in action means for us as we connect together week by week. When you get to the grand old age of 58 and 10 months bar a few days it's not very often that you can say about something well that was before my time. Operation Agri founded in 1961 is before my time. In fact, it's before my parents w- met. My parents had a kind of whirlwind of romance, got married in the February, and I was born in the December that followed. But 1961, a very different world from the world we now inhabit. A world in which the austerity that followed two world wars was just beginning to come to an end. The 1960s, which would come to be referred to by some as the swinging 60s, characterized by a hedonistic culture of sex, drugs and rock and roll. A decade in which the last vestiges of the British Empire were still being unpicked, and some African nations were just becoming independent for the first time. And in the far east, the Vietnam War rumbled on, Whilst also in the Far East, some Western and Eastern nations carried out nuclear weapons tests. Injustice around race, gender and sexuality led to riots across the globe and demonstrations. And here in UK, in Scotland, Sunday attendance at church pretty much continued but Christianity was losing its influence. Congregations had to face difficult questions and difficult decisions about what it meant to be church in that time. Christians had to think quite radically and often quite rapidly about how they would respond to what was going on around them. Is there a future for the church? Is there a future for mission and evangelization? I don't think we should underestimate the significance of the decision made by the Baptist men's movement, a voluntary group of men who happened to be Baptist, mostly but not entirely middle-class and well-educated, in the work that grew to become Operation Agri today. And those films we've watched today that they've made for us show how the same core values have underpinned their work over these last 60 years in which so much has changed an ongoing commitment to live out their faith in love in practical ways. Whether that was buying a Land Rover, can you imagine sort of raising 20, 30,000 pounds or whatever it costs to buy a Land Rover and then driving it down to the South Coast and sticking it on a ship and watching it go off to some faraway land? Whether it's Land Rovers and chickens way back then, or whether it is the working in partnership with local organisations funded from the UK now, it's the same underpinning values, a faith in Christ and a commitment to live that love out in action. The two Bible readings we heard today were both ones that were suggested by Operation Agri in their resource material for this year. I think the Old Testament one really tells us things that we have heard many and many a time. The call of God on God's people to live out their faith generously, reaching out to others, caring for widows and orphans, for those affected by famine, ill health, addressing and challenging injustice, bringing about a fairer world in which all may flourish and thrive and in which all may value. As I read that this week, I did find myself thinking about, well, how does my life measure up to that? What does God think when I spend a couple of hours on a Tuesday morning going through past records to choose the hymns? Have we got a recording of this one? Does the recording work? What does God think when I sit tweaking the words in my sermon? Is that what God really values? Or does God value the action that goes with it. I think there's place for both. It's not that God doesn't want us to have nicely crafted services that are are well presented and well thought through, but that's only a part of what we're about. What about my neighbor across the road? What about the person down the street or around the corner who is lonely and isolated? What about the minister I know who feels that their ministry is worth nothing and is actually contemplating suicide? What about, what about, what about? Christian love in action may find its nourishment on a Sunday, but has to be lived out Monday to Saturday. And we see some of that in the passage from Acts, quite a long passage. And perhaps the key bit that Operation Agri wanted us to focus on is towards the end. This new church was exciting, it was attracting new believers from amongst Jews and other nations, the Hellenists, the Gentiles, which just means the other nations. And then they hear about a famine. And I don't think we should waste down our brain power thinking about the supernatural element of the prophecy. I don't think we should worry about what exactly was meant by all over the world. Was that the Roman empire? Was that their little bit? Was it really the whole world as we know it? What matters is what they did. They called upon Paul and Barnabas and gave them money that they had raised effectively in an appeal. They held an appeal for others who were worse off than themselves. They all gave what they could. And maybe some of them gave a lot. And maybe some of them gave a little. Because we have to remember that some of these people were slaves. Some of these people were not free. Some of them were just little peasant farmers, ordinary people, as well as those who... Had influence and big houses and could invite people in to share worship and share food. And what Operation Agri invites us to reflect on is that actually, we can't all go overseas. God doesn't call every single one of us to go to Uganda or Nepal or wherever it might be. But God does call all of us to live out our faith, to live out our love in action. We can give what we can to help the work of Operation Agri and other charities. Because of the way my mind works, I did a little bit of digging around to see what else happened in 1961, apart from the beginnings of Operation Agri. Some of you will remember that um, Songs of Praise was born that year. I think they celebrated that just a couple of years back. Some of you may remember that Susan Boyle, the singer, was born in that year. And some of you, if you've got a really good memory, may recall that Hillhead Baptist Church called a new minister. Reverend Ralph Martin is recorded in the centenary history, which was written by Anne. who's now buried under my little setup here. This is what it said about Ralph. It said he presented an urgent challenge to us all as followers of Christ. And he said this, when we practice our faith, we are doing something to show that the Christian message is fact and not fairy story. Now, I I could be wrong, but I think in the context in which that quote was, was given, he was probably talking about evangelism, about outreach to draw people into the church, rather than more broadly about mission but I'm fairly sure if I could have asked him that that was there as well somewhere, even if not explicitly expressed. Sixty years later, those words ring true. It's our lives that act as good news in a hurting world. So, of course, Christian love in action means we give money and we do give generously to Operation Agri, to Christian Aid and to Glasgow City Mission. But it's more than that. It's about what we do every single day of the week. As like our forebears before us, we discern under the guidance of God's spirit what it means to be Hillhead Baptist Church. Just last week, we renewed our promise to each other to respect, care for and encourage each other. And I think also these are values we carry with us, not just in the church community, but in our everyday lives. So yeah, it's good to look back. It really is good to look back and thank God for what has been achieved. And I think it's even better if that looking back leads us to new hopes and new dreams for the future. I realised as I was thinking that 60 years ago, even most of the older folk in our church The faithful, loyal people who have been here all of my lifetime and a bit more, they would have been in their 20s and 30s back then. Young people just setting out, establishing careers, some getting married, some starting families, and all of them committing themselves to this church and congregation and to a future shared together. 60 years ago, Hillhead Baptist Church had yet to call its first woman deacon manager trustee whatever name they are given. The idea that you would have a woman minister or any church in Scotland would have a woman minister hadn't really cropped up yet. The idea that would we be as diverse as we now are was probably a distant vision. But 60 years In the face of increasing secularisation, when the church has become, generally speaking, less relevant, people of Hillhead have continued to live out their faith in action. Working with other churches, the Rent Deposit Scheme, the the Glasgow West Housing Association, as it's now the Friday Friendship Pilgrim House, and many, many other things. Living out that faith in Jesus in practical ways. So we join Operation Agri in giving thanks for what is past. But we also, with them, commit ourselves to the lives of Christian love in action here in Glasgow, throughout Scotland and to the ends of the earth. Amen. film that Operation Agri provided for us, we saw and heard the voice of Pastor Paul Shialimpa. Very sadly, soon after filming that resource, he and his son became ill, I assume with COVID, though it's not explicitly stated, and were taken to hospital. The son died, and a week later, Pastor Paul Shialimpa also died. But with the blessing of his family, Operation Agri have been invited to share this update on the legacy of his work. So with great sadness, Operation Agri heard that Paul Shilinpa died in hospital in June, 2021. But the people want his work to continue. One of Paul's sons, Joseph, has been helping with the SUFI training sessions for farmers and SUFI assistant Christopher is visiting farmers to check how they are progressing. Adolf Murungi learned how to make a goat house. And he says, it is much easier to care for my goats. And John Nalekwamu is using manure on his crops and says, My groundnut yield is much better now. The WALP women's literacy teachers continue their classes in six locations linked to Baptist churches. Pastor Paul Limpa wrote literacy books in the local dialect. They are valuable to teach reading and how to run a small business. The work continues in memory of Paul Shailupa. Shall we come to God with our prayers for others and for each other? Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the stories that inspire and encourage us to keep on living out our faith day by day. We give thanks for our church and for those who have faithfully sustained its worship and witness since 1883, sticking together in tough times and working together to live out their faith in an ever-changing world. We thank you for our office holders and trustees who, on our behalf, attend the complex day-to-day responsibilities of administration and finance, as well as reflecting on the challenges of mission and ministry in this time. Please give them wisdom and courage, compassion and creativity, as they work together under the guidance of your spirit. We thank you for each other, and today especially, we pray for Adi, Moji, Esther and David, Elham, Ali, Benjamin and Bardia, Sal, Nasi, Nikan and Nikia, Lilius and her family, Marit and Tom, Alan, Edith and Tom. And Bethany, you alone know the things that occupy their hearts and minds. And we pray that you would surround them with your love and fill them with your peace today and each new day. We thank you for our sister churches in the Baptist Union of Scotland, especially Oban, Oxgangs, Paisley and Peebles in the excitement of baptisms and new beginnings in ministry and in the everyday rhythms of worship and service. May they know your blessing and strengthening. We thank you for our sister Baptist unions and networks across these islands, praying that you would bless them in their endeavours to serve you. We thank you for the world of BMS world mission, which from very humble beginnings in 1792 has grown to its current global role, working with local partners to bring hope and wholeness to so many of the most marginalized people on earth. Today, we pray for their work in Thailand, supporting children with special needs, helping people ensnared in the sex industry, and serving local churches. We thank you for the work of Operation Agri, which for 60 years has faithfully lived out Christian love in practical ways across the world. And today we pray especially for their work in Uganda, bringing skills and knowledge to rural farmers and funding projects to bring life and hope to so many. We thank you for the life and witness of Paul Shyalympa, a skilled agriculturalist and a gifted pastor, and pray that the good work he began will be continued by those who follow. We pray too for his family as they grieve their loss, that they will be supported and loved as they adjust to this new stage in their lives. God of abundant life and everlasting love accept our praise prayers and equip us to play our part in living out their answers amen the years that have passed, we thank you, God of all times. For all that lies ahead, whether the years be long or short, we commit ourselves to you, God of this time. May our love be active. May our actions bring life and hope. And may we walk with you in confidence, courage and compassion today and every day. Amen.